Jesus, when he, he says, Lord, who are you? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. As we're coming to the closing of this time, when there's going to be the great judgment and all that kind of stuff, I want to tell you there is going to be a more and more resistance against the name of Jesus. You cannot be a sissy and serve God in these end times. You and I are going to have to become bold. You're going to have to be convinced in your heart, I am not ashamed of this. So we as a church are going to have to need to stand up unashamed, uncompromised, and all I know is if you stand for Jesus, he will stand for you. Okay, so can I make another statement? If there's something of an excitement that does jump up on the inside of you, can I ask you to do something with it? Is that okay? Shout amen. Jump up. Jump on your chair. Just don't break it. Do something. You want to run around the building? You can do that. Two weeks ago, somebody was saying, man, when you were preaching, I got excited. I wanted to shout amen. So I said, why didn't you? So, so you and I need to understand that God is bigger than any situation that you're about to face. Good, thank you. <laughs> you guys learn so quickly. I love it. Matthew 19, 26. With man, this is impossible. But with God, come on, you've got to say that yourself because you've got to believe it. With man, this is impossible. But do you believe that? You see, because if you and I believe it, we would actually do things differently. How many of you had a doubt that the chair you're sitting on wouldn't hold you. None of you. Because when you got here, you just did this. <laughs> so nice. Because you have absolute confidence in that chair. You know why? Because last week when you sat there, it held you. And I want to tell you, the God that's the same yesterday as today is the same as the God for tomorrow. I'm preaching myself happy tonight. So you, you, you must know this thing has been kind of like... What is it about the name of Jesus that makes a difference to every other name in the whole universe? It sets it apart from every other name. What causes that name to be special? That name is loved by so many and hated by others. If you go into a shopping mall, you want to, you want to, do you want to prove this? Go into a shopping mall and start to just declare Jesus. And see what response you're going to get. <laughs> you see, some people, they shout for Kaiser Chiefs and Sandowns and Free State and Bulls and Proteas and Springboks. But being excited about Jesus makes some people mad and some people glad. It causes revival and riot at the same time. Something about Jesus cannot leave you neutral. It forces you to choose. It's a name that has impacted the world more than any other name that has been spoken. Some things are old-fashioned, but I want to tell you, it is still the good news of life today, the name of Jesus. It is still the same today, and it has never changed ever since the day he was born. It is still changing lives. It is still healing marriages. It is still giving hope. It is still the greatest name there is. <laughs> it is setting people on the path of life 
It is giving eternal life. There's more books written about the name of Jesus than any other name ever in the world in history. There is more stories that have been told, more songs that have been sung about the name of Jesus than anything else in the world. The name of Jesus has impacted the world. It split history in half. When every time you, you, you write, you sign a document with a date on it, you're referring to the birth of Jesus. Every time you look at your watch, you're referring back to the birth of Jesus because everything stems from there. When Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb and she went to go and visit Elizabeth, her cousin, who was pregnant then with John the Baptist, listen to what the word said in Luke 1.41. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... The baby leaped in her womb, listen to this, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> listen, Mary was carrying Jesus. Who do you carry? Who do you carry? That when you just greet somebody, something inside them leaps. And that maybe the Holy Ghost comes upon them. Do you feel that that's impossible? If God did it then, why, is he, why can't he do it now? When Jesus was born, nations came to worship him. Wise men came from the east because they saw the star. Herod was shaken and he, was, he didn't know how to handle this little child that was going to rock his whole leadership. Shepherds saw angels glorifying God. What is it about this name Jesus that has impacted our world? I had a t-shirt with Jesus written on Baldwin about 10, 12 years ago. We went for a holiday in the Berg. And um, it's very interesting on, on, on the responses that you get. Some people, they look down. Some people get uncomfortable around you. And anyway, in the crowd, somebody comes up to me, says, I like your T-shirt, and gives me a CD. It's Devolt Khos, the Afrikaans uh, gospel singer of South Africa. And I thought, that's, a, that's wonderful. And ever since that day, I've been connected to him just because of a t-shirt that was boldly declaiming Jesus on it. What is it about that name? Have you noticed that when people are frustrated and in a bad place, and they vent their anger and their annoyance and their pain, they don't say, oh, Basil Palmer, <laughs> or oh, Buddha. What is it about the name of Jesus that they would use it in foul profanity to express their frustration in that? You know why? Because it's a special name. And there's an enemy out there that wants to defile that name. But it doesn't matter how the enemy tries. He cannot defile that name because it's a pure name. It's a holy name. It's a name that's above every other name. <laughs> it's a special name. At the mention of the name of Jesus, the Bible tells me demons tremble. Angels in heaven rejoice. Christians that love God praise Him. Christians that love God praise Him. It is a precious name. In Isaiah 9 verse 6 it says, And for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. 
There will be no end. Nobody can snuff the name of Jesus out. Nobody can. The enemy has tried. There was 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You can do whatever you want to, but somewhere along the line, a fire of the gospel is going to come up again. We need to understand what is it that's in the name of Jesus? What is behind the name of Jesus? What's been invested in the name of Jesus? Jesus said this in John 15, verse 16. He says, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You see, the name of Jesus is not just some religious tag that you tag on to the end of your prayer. It is not just a magic wand that you think that, well, if I just say the name of Jesus, everything's going to... No, it's about believing in that name. It's about honoring that name. It's about worshiping it. It's about giving Him the highest place in your life. That's what it is about that name. It's a name that is precious. It carries weight. It carries authority. And it changes situations. Changes situations. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, I say it again, whatever you do, whether in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When you go to work, give thanks. Represent him. If you and I go, you're just sweeping floors. Whatever you're doing that might seem very menial. That maybe nobody else wants to do. But if you will do it with everything on the inside of you, with passion, that you're representing the kingdom of heaven well, I want to tell you, a sweeper can make a difference. If you play a sport, the reason why God put you in the team is because He wants you to represent Him. Represent the name of Jesus well. If you're going on a date, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord. It'll be a protection. Paul says this in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Jesus, when people came to him and said, Lord, when you do this for me, he would ask them, do you believe? Do you believe? And people say, yes. But do we understand what believers, believers that when everything around me is shaken, when it, things like, it seems like this thing's not going to happen, that I will still stand firm and say, God, whether you save me or you don't, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to declare your greatness. I'm going to trust you. You see, it's time not to be ashamed of the name of Jesus. It's a time to speak up, to stand up, to celebrate that name, that name. It's above every other name. There is no other name like it. No other name like it. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has exalted, highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. It doesn't say if you feel like it. There's coming a day that every knee will bow. I'm so grateful that we've made a decision that we choose to bow our knee to him. But there's coming a day when every knee will bow. And every tongue will acknowledge or confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, when Jesus died, there's such supernatural stuff happened. The temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. The Romans, I mean, the, 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 
uh, the centurion who was leading the, the Roman army said this in, Matthew, in, Mark, yeah, in Mark 15, 39. Surely this man was the son of God. A hardcore soldier, Roman soldier, that led about a hundred other soldiers. He was a leader. When he saw what happened, he acknowledges, surely this man was the son of God. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and the Bible says that angels rolled the stone away, and the hardcore Roman soldiers, again, because if you, if you understand the Roman culture, those were not sissies. That was the men of all men, right there. And it says the hardcore soldiers guarding the tomb were scared, shook, and became like dead men. I don't think anybody would have ever thought a Roman soldier would behave like that. But that's what happens. When Jesus stands up in the crowd, something's going to shake. And nothing's going to stand against him. So if you like it or not, every day, one day, every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. In the book of Revelation, writing to the church, John says this. In the book of Revelation, he's challenging the church at Laodicea. He says, because you have become lukewarm. And we're picking it up in verse 15. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that either one of you, uh, you were the one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, and I know there's no lukewarm person sitting right here. I declare that every single person sitting inside this place, you're on fire for Jesus. In fact, you're so fire for Jesus, sitting in your chair right now is a problem. <laughs> but because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Why was he saying this? Because here's a group of people that have lost their fire, lost their passion, lost their conviction, lost their mandate, lost their drive, lost their purpose. And when you and I lose that, when we lose Jesus, we lose all of that. Then all of a sudden life has no purpose. It's like you're just a ball bump bouncing all over the place and life is not worth it anymore. When we take our eyes off Jesus, the only thing you will see is me. That's why we've got a Bible that says, keep lifting up your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. His name is Jesus. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we see people in situations with Jesus' eyes. Have you got Acts chapter 3 now? Here we go. I'm just starting. And look at the time. I'm joking. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. It's kind of like the edge meet PM, three in the afternoon. <laughs> See, this, is, this, this congregation is very biblical. I love it. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he would put, put every day to beg for those uh, going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and, and did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, doing what? Just following them. He says he went walking, leaping, and praising God. 
You see, he lost his embarrassment. He lost the thing that, 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 that almost put him in a box where people would frown on him and just kind of like chuck things at him. All of a sudden, the name of Jesus changes that whole thing. While the man, oh, where am I? And when the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazed at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why, do you, why are you so surprised? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. Ooh, this is like a... And you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided uh, to uh, let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that he be, uh, be murder, uh, a murderer be released to you. And killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. There's one thing about the name of Jesus that when he touches you, everybody will see. Everybody will see. One day you were like that. The next day you're like that. People say, I've never seen Jesus jumping and shouting. And you're right. But I don't think every second of Jesus' life is recorded. Only main events. Otherwise, we'll have a book so big, you'll never get to it. People say, well, I'm not the excitable kind. I'm reserved. And I'm not too sure exactly what trained you to become reserved in your life. But when I read the Bible and I see the people that Jesus touched, they went leaping and praising God. And I'm telling you that if Jesus will touch you, you will not be able to stay reserved any longer. You will not be able to stay quiet any longer. Something is about to break in your life because he's the author of life. In Acts 17, 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. In Him, not outside of Him, in Him. When we, how many of you touch electricity lately? <laughs> ben? <laughs> Other than your hairstyle changing, what happened to you? It hurt your arm. Let me tell you something. That electricity demands a reaction from you when you touch it. You're not going to say, oh, there's electricity there. No, it's like, oh, there's something there. Shouldn't touch it again. Stay away from that thing. <laughs> so when I was an appy, you know, when appies are dangerous people. So I'm doing my trade as, a, as an electrician. And, um, you know, appies get to that place where you think you know everything, but you still actually know nothing. So they, they, they gave me an electric panel to go and rewind, but it was in a substation that was live. And they warned me. They said, the, the buzz bars behind. Now, the buzz bars are the big bars that run behind that all the, the three phases of electricity are connected to. And they have wires coming from there to the isolator switch. And, then the, and they said, the buzz bars are live. 
I don't know what happened to Basil Palmer's hearing. He never heard that. So I'm taking all the wires off, and I'm happier because I'm born again. So I'm singing, oh, Lord, I love you. You know, these guys are trusting me. They put me in this big substation. There's electricity all around me, and I'm working on these wires. And the wire coming from the buzz bar goes onto the isolator switch. There's an Allen key that you've got to undo that wire. And, and Now, this is 550 volts, by the way. I put that Allen key in there. I don't remember much after that, but I did wake up about three meters away from it against the wall. I don't know how long I lay there for. I woke up there. I couldn't talk. I couldn't think. I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything. I, woke, I, I was about a kilometer away from the workshop. I walked all the way to the, the workshop, and I walked all the way back because I didn't know why I went there. <laughs> and when I got back, it was the first time I could like... Sure. My body for a week, do you know what a lamey is? You know when you bang your muscle against your bone? My whole body felt like it for a week. The fact that I'm still alive is kind of like amazing. <laughs> so if I, I tell you these stories about my life so that if I do seem strange, you understand. <laughs> that there's stuff that happened in the past. That's like, say again? Yeah, yes. How did I get there? I don't even want these my notes. Because it's said over. Okay, so just as much, listen to me, just as much as that electricity is going to demand a reaction from you when you touch it, I believe, I believe on Monday, we should be so on fire wherever we go because on Sunday, we spent in the, in the presence of life. And that life somehow, should have stirred something on the inside of us that revitalizes me so that I can handle this week that's coming. But now here's the deal. Jesus is not a suit that you put on. He's everything. He's the Alpha, the beginning, and He's Omega, the end. He's everything. Some of us, we put our spiritual suits on on a Sunday. We come here, hallelujah, but our week is disastrous. Take your suit off, Come in here and ask Jesus to touch you because he's the one that will change you from the inside out. You see, if you and I don't magnify the name of Jesus, we'll magnify something else. And that means we're going to magnify our problems. We're going to magnify our past. We're going to magnify the mishaps. We're going to magnify all the political issues. We're going to... And the list can go on and on and on. And when we get distracted, we get pulled in the wrong direction. That's why we're to be on fire. I remember Ronald Bonke making this statement. He says, flies can only sit on a cold stove. Think about that. A fly can only sit on a cold stove. The Bible talks about Beelzebub, which is the Lord of the flies, speaking about the devil himself. Flies can only sit on a cold stove. I pray the fire of God burns on the inside of every single one of us that when a devil looks at us to try and do something, he will get so scared. He said, no, forget it. I'll go and pick on someone else. I'll go and pick on someone else. We get distracted. We get pulled in the wrong direction. When temptation comes, if you're not on fire, listen to me. If you're not on fire, when temptation comes, you're going to be pulled in the direction that you wish you never went to. When big financial blessings and breakthrough come, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, money's going to become an issue in your life instead of keep serving God, the God that blessed you with that stuff. We don't worship things. We worship 
the God that created us. Acts 3.13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. Whatever God does, it's not for your sake, but for his sake that he does it. Listen to me now. He hears our prayer. He hears our cry. He hears everything. But he doesn't do it for your sake. He does it for his sake. How do I know that? Psalm 23, verse 3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. In Psalm 106, verse 8, it says, Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. You were born again for such a time as this that you might make known the power of the Jesus that we serve. Romans 1.5 Through him we receive grace and apostolic ship to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. See, God wants us to have big dreams, big vision, big drive. But for his name's sake. I declare when every time I pray over Edgemead, Father, I pray that this congregation will explode. Not so that everybody will marvel about Edgemead PM. No, but that the kingdom of God would grow. That's it. There's no other agenda. That as we've been doing, we've been sowing people in different directions. Just now we're going to be blessing Australia with a lot of people. Yes. Too many people. <laughs> When Jesus blesses us, it will draw attention to us. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Don't wait until that moment to decide what you're going to do with it. Make a decision today. When God, you start to do something through this insignificant person, this person's going to give you back the praise. He's going to point everything back to you. Just like Peter and John did in Acts chapter 3. Don't be amazed at us. This name Jesus that you crucified is the one that, that has done this miracle. Keep pointing everything back to Jesus because Jesus will not share his glory with anybody. He will not share it with anybody. So Peter and John said, by faith in the name of Jesus, you see what you see. That Jesus' name is powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. John Lennon, who remembers him? Beatles! John Lennon said in 1966, today we, the Beatles, are more popular than Jesus Christ himself. Christianity will end. It will disappear. I don't have to argue about that. I'm sure Jesus was okay, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. In 1980, John Lennon was shot and killed by one of his fans. You don't make a mockery of Jesus. You will come off second. You will come off second. In, nine, in 1776, a man by the name of Voltaire, a French philosopher, claimed that within 100 years from his day, the Bible would be nothing more than a museum piece. It is said that a hundred years after Voltaire's death, his house was the printing press that was used by the Geneva Bible Society to print Bibles. You've got to be careful what you say about the name of Jesus. You might, you might just say it flippantly or whatever, but I'm telling you, you will eat your words. 
You will eat your words because there is a name that's above the name. Jesus still stands. He still heals. He still reaches the broken, the hurting, the lost. He still does that. Three reasons why his name is above every other name. Number one, I'm just getting started now. We have to go home. This is going to be like, like Paul when he says, at midnight the people fell out. You know, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Number one, his father gave, him, gave it to him through inheritance. Jesus was born of the lineage of Abraham. Angels appeared to Joseph, his father, telling him to give him that name. You find it in Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. There is no other name that will save you from sin. No other name. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophet at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir over all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited to superior to theirs. So Jesus is a more excellent name, above angels. We love angels because they look after us. But we don't worship angels, we worship Jesus. Number two, God gave him that name. In Philippians 2.9, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him that name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. He made sure that he didn't miss not one area. It says, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, mockers and scoffers will bow one day. When somebody gives you a hard time, whisper in the ear, I'm so sorry you feel that way. But I'm sorry to tell you as well, one day you will force to be a bow to this name that you're mocking today. We love you and we don't want you to be in that place. We want you to choose to bow your knee. But if you don't, you will one day by force. Lucifer himself will bow. In Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, no, leave me, I was going to, no, let's leave that one. That name will pull us out of darkness. We'll deal with disease in our bodies. We'll deal with depression. We'll deal with disgrace. We'll deal with poverty. Poverty will deal with hopelessness. That name is the answer to everything. Now remember, it is not a one that you just wave and it happens. It's a name that you've got to believe in because the enemy is going to test. Do you believe in what Jesus has done for you and he will push you and he will create enough chaos around your and my life to try and get us to back off from that name um, number three getting close to the end okay we're nearly there given to him number three the name of Jesus was given to him through victory you see at the cross Jesus defeated everything that's where he took the devil on and he defeated him with everything sickness disease, loneliness, hatred, bitterness, everything that the enemy has used to try and defile you and I, Jesus dealt with it right there. 
stripped him. The Bible says stripped him of all his authority. So what's very interesting, and he fought the greatest battle right there. So before the cross, God says this in Matthew 17, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And he says, listen to him. Listen to him. And then after the cross, he says this to Jesus, says this of Jesus in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to man by which they must be saved. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every other name. And that is why we can cry out, Jesus, save me. And he does. He does. He does. Like that. In a moment, one prayer, our sin is washed away. It's not covered. It's washed away. It is removed. The power of sin over your life is broken. Then you and I have to learn to walk free of those habits and the things that the enemy has used to, to keep his claws in our life. We have to learn to be able to um, un untangle ourselves from it. All the guilt and the shame. I, if I think if we all had to stand up and tell about our life, somewhere along the line we're going to be embarrassed about the things we got involved in. But Jesus removes all that. Now I can talk to you about the biggest mistakes I've made in my life and there's no guilt there at all because I've been forgiven of those things. I've also hopefully learned from those things. Don't go there again. Closing story. A 72-year-old man was talking with his grandchildren. And by the way, to Rebecca and Tina's parents, thank you for being brilliant God, uh, uh, grandparents to Luna. Thank you for reflecting Jesus to her. Thank you for being a generation that will pour out on her godliness and an example that will help them as parents to raise her up to be a woman that will stand in the generation and the, and the conflict and the chaos in this world and will reflect Jesus beautifully. Thank you for being those grandparents. This world needs parents like that. So a 72-year-old man was talking to his grandchildren and they asked him, how old are you? And he says, two years old. They said, Grandpa, you're too old. You can't be two years old. And his answer was, for 70 years, I wasted my life. And for two years, I've served Jesus. And only then did I find life. You see, we can be around and we can do a lot of stuff. But we can be outside of the real life that Jesus actually intended for you and I to walk in. She's 70 years of all the sin and selfishness, the wine, the woman, the songs. Nothing changed his life. Nothing fulfilled his life. New life only came because of Jesus. The name of Jesus. It's a beautiful name. The privilege we have to speak that name that brings life, that changes, that heals, Beautiful name. Name above every other name. May you and I carry that name. Not with pride in the sense of who I am, but just pride in the sense I know him. I just don't know about him. I know him. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is the one that's changed my life. 
I am so grateful for everything he's done. I'm so grateful he never left me in the, in the pig pen where he found me. But he, did, he took me out there and he's dusted me off and he's put a new garment on me. And he's put new uh, uh, shoes on my feet and he's put a ring back on my finger again, bringing me back into the family. I am so grateful for all that. And I pray that every time you speak about him or you speak to somebody about him, you will not just talk like he's an ordinary person that just lives down the road. You'll talk to him, talk to them about a person that has changed your life forever. Forever. Come, let's pray. The name of Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus. We worship that name, Jesus. We worship you tonight. We thank you for your amazing presence. Thank you that when we speak the name of Jesus, atmospheres change. Thank you that when we speak the name of Jesus, strongholds are broken. When we speak the name of Jesus, blindness goes. And life comes. I thank you. There's power in the name. No other name like the name of Jesus. No other name like the name of the Lord. No other name like the name of Jesus. No other name like the name of the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus. Thank you that Lord Jesus. Many people might know about you. But Lord we want to talk about you. Because you're the one that lives on the inside of us. You're the one that we worship. You're the one that holds our heart. You're the one that holds our thoughts. You're the one that holds our behavior. You're, you're, you're the one that holds us in the palm of your hand. You never let us go. We love you, Jesus. We don't want to put our trust in anything else but just to put our trust in you. Hallelujah. Put our life in your hands, Lord. We declare that you are Lord of our life. I'm asking that tonight, Father, after your word has, has saturated our hearts and, and our minds, I pray that tomorrow morning when we wake up, we will not be the same. We will not be the same. In Jesus' name. I thank you there's a new boldness coming upon us. There's a new courage that is coming upon us. I thank you there's a new excitement and an expectation that is coming upon us. In Jesus' name. That if we, we work in an environment that is not very pleasant. I thank you that we're going to become the game changer in that because of the presence of Jesus that we carry upon our life. I thank you that those who are mocking us right now will be the very ones that will be asking about who we serve and why. Why is our life different? Because of Jesus on the inside. I thank you. I thank you. And for every single person that's, that's, that's facing mountains, Father, I thank you. As we trust you, as we speak to those mountains and command them to move in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that those mountains will move. Your word says mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. When we've been crying out for our loved ones and it just seems like they're getting worse. Father, I thank you that you would arrest those people that are walking away from you and bring them to you. Cause other voices to speak to them. Raise other people up, God, that will, that, will, that will have an encounter with them, that they will share about the love of Jesus and cause them to come back. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Thank you and give you praise. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're sitting in this place tonight, and you've never surrendered your life to this name. That's above every other name. His name is Jesus. He's pursuing you. He's trying to get messages to you of how much he loves you and how he desires a relationship with you. He has used many voices. It would have come through telephone conversations. It would have come through books that you've read. It would have come through your neighbor. There's many ways that God has been reaching out to you and he's asking you, will you respond to him? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's an important part of your life. But making Jesus Lord of your life, that's the number one. Nicodemus gets hold of Jesus as a centurion and he, uh, and, uh, and, and he, says, he says, how do I get saved? And Jesus says, you must be born again. He says, how can I go back into my mother's room? He says, that which is born of water is, is, is water. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. In other words, you have to be born physically, but there's a time that you have to give your life to him, and that's being born again. Where Jesus takes over lordship of your life. It's not about adding Jesus to your life. It's about Jesus becoming our life. That's a big difference. I'm not asking you to add Jesus to your life. I'm asking Jesus to become your life, to be the very Number one, that leads you, that you would listen to him, that you would live your life for him. If you're sitting in this room this evening and you don't know Jesus, this is the greatest gift that you can give yourself, is to surrender your life to him. If that's you and you want me to pray for you tonight, you quickly put up your hand and say, yes, that's me. I need Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here and you really haven't been serving God. Your fire has kind of gone out and God's calling you back. God's touched you and you're saying, it's time for me. To stand up and be counted again. Is there anybody in this room? You're saying, yes, that is me. I need Jesus in my life. Anybody? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Is there anybody else? He loves you. Jesus talks about the... Thank you. Thank you so much. Jesus talks about the, 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 the lost sheep. And he leaves the 99. He goes looking for the one. One is important. Is there anybody else that have joined these two men to say yes to Jesus Christ? This is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. Sometimes we wonder about what people are going to think. That's the last thing that you need to worry about. Worry about what Jesus thinks. The Bible says this, that when one person comes to know Jesus Christ, all the angels in heaven rejoice. That's how important this thing is about salvation. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I tell you what, God's in this place tonight. God's in this place. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Is a fight going on on the inside of you? I'm asking you to give up. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. 
Is there anybody else? Anybody else? We thank you, Jesus. Jesus made the statement. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. If I be lifted up. That's why your and my way we live our life and how we demonstrate it to others is very important because when we lift him up, he draws people to him. Draws people to him. Is there anybody else? I don't want to prolong this. Is there anybody else? Can I ask all of us to stand, please? I don't want to embarrass anybody, but all I have learned in life is that when I make a decision, I need to become bold in the decision that I make because it's going to make it easier for me when I get back into the world. If you've raised your hand tonight, I want to ask you, please, will you come up here? We want to pray for you and pray with you tonight. Can I ask the rest of us, can we just applaud and help? Come, sir. Come. Come, sir. Hello, sir. Wonderful. Come on, Luke. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is the greatest miracle that will ever happen. Come, Luke. Hallelujah. Sir, thank you so much. God bless you. Come stand over here. Come stand close by, bro. Come stand. Uh, you see, you've got Jesus on your shirt, bro. Hey, I love that. I love that. I love that. Is there anybody else? You know what? It's never closed. It's always open. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. So, gentlemen, I want to tell you, my heart is extremely overwhelmed with great joy because of the decision that you made. Now, whether it's the first time or whether it's a recommitment, it doesn't matter. But the fact is that God's word has touched your life tonight to say, I want to get up and I want to serve God. That is number one. And I really honor and salute you. And getting out of your chair and coming here, that's even another bonus because that's like throwing everything off. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. And all of us are going to pray this because we celebrate this moment with you. I'll lead you in a prayer, simple prayer, inviting Jesus into your life. Okay, so can I ask everybody, bow your heads. And will you say this out aloud after me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I receive you as my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Take my life and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray for these men. I want to thank you for the miracle that's happening right now. I thank you that, Lord, every assignment that the enemy has had on their life, I, we break it by the name of Jesus. I thank you that those things will not draw them back into where they come from. But, Father, I thank you that the excitement, the passion to serve you is going to catapult them into walking with you in a whole different dimension. Father, I pray that you would put other men around these men that will help them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we declare tonight that we are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.